Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. I want to uh, read to you today from the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1. And it says, verse uh, 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Salvation uh, is, is there's two signs. I mean, there's multiple things that happens in salvation, but I would say the two primary things when it leads to, when it deals with eternal life is what God deals with in salvation is God, number one, uh, the first thing is he forgives us through his blood, washes us with his blood, forgives us for what we've done wrong. There's an individual list of things that we've done that that lead us away from God. There's things that we've done, excuse me, not lead us away from God, things that we've done that are sin that go against the will of God. You know, you can maybe remember back to things you've done in your life that you're ashamed of, things that the, before you got born again, there were personal sins you've committed. The blood of Jesus comes to wash you clean. Under the old covenant, the, the blood of bulls and goats covered sins. Under the new covenant, the blood of Jesus washes away your sins. So your sins aren't under the blood. It's not, oh, you know, I had a past, but it's all under the blood. It's not under the blood. It's washed away by the blood. There's a difference. I use this analogy, but at the house that I bought here, um, here in the Tampa area, when I moved in, there were two older ladies that lived here. And so they had put up wallpaper. It seemed like it was everywhere. And so when I moved in, the first thing I wanted to do was paint. And so I, I called in favors. I called friends and I said, if you've ever loved me, if you owe me a favor, please come and help me peel wallpaper. So I had a whole crew of friends come over and peel wallpaper. And, you know, I went into the kitchen, the kitchen was painted, but then there was a little strip. If you've seen, like in some rooms, they'll do that banner up at the top, like a strip of wallpaper up above, like one foot tall strip of, you know, decorated wallpaper. And so I went to peel that off. I was up on a ladder and I went to go peel that off. And when I got it peeled off, I chipped back the paint by mistake. And I looked under the white paint and there was another layer of wallpaper. So what they had done was underneath the white paint, they had gotten, you know, finished with the wallpaper that they had, the whole wall wallpaper, and they had just painted it white and then put a little strip over top. And then I chipped back that piece of wallpaper and there's another line of wallpaper. And so that's kind of like what it was like in the Old Testament where people had sin and then every year they would put another layer of the blood of bulls and goats and they were forgiven of the sin and the blood covered it, but there was no, it didn't deal with their, their shame and didn't deal with their conscience because the sin wasn't removed from them. Salvation under the new covenant is totally different. It's that God completely forgives you and washes the sin away from you. He says he removes your sin from you as far as the East is from the West. So it's that Jesus doesn't remember your sins anymore. That's the one side. The things, the blood deals with what you've personally done wrong. The list of things that you can look back over your life and say, these are things I've done wrong. The blood cleanses you. And so it cleanses you from shame. It cleanses you from guilt. It clears your conscience where you can come before God unashamed, knowing that you have an audience because you are washed clean. So that's number one. The second side after the forgiveness of sins is the change of nature. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I'll take out the stony heart and I'll put in a heart of flesh. God took out the nature, the old fallen nature. Ephesians uh, chapter two, verse one through, if you read through verse four, 
It says, and you has he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins when you walked according to the, uh, uh, when you walked according to the course of this world, according to the the uh, the the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, the nature or the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Verse four says, "You were by nature the children of of wrath, children of God's wrath." So before you got born again, the nature you had was a fallen nature. Salvation is forgiveness of sins, but salvation is also a change of nature. And that is just as important. God could forgive you just like he did in the old covenant, but that doesn't mean you get to go to heaven because you, your nature has to change. That's why in John 3, the, um, uh, the, the man came to Jesus and Jesus said, you must be born again. What does that mean? There has to come a change of nature. If you're a child of the devil, when your life comes to an end, you don't get to go to heaven. Basically, salvation is that God has adopted people, put his 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 nature inside people, and that when they breathe out their last breath on this earth, there's just a check. Are you God's nature? Are you the devil's nature? And whoever's nature you are, that's who you go to be with for eternity. The devil gets his kids. God gets his kids. That's salvation. It's a change of nature. Second Peter 1 4 says, we are partakers of the divine nature. But you know, this opens up so many possibilities to us because yes, this is obviously talking about salvation. This is talking about, yes, I've got my passport to go to heaven. It's not just my the forgiveness of what I've done. It's the change of who I am. You don't go to hell because of your sins. You go to hell because of the sin nature in your spirit. I'll say that again. You don't go to hell because of the, your sins. You go to hell because of the sin nature in your spirit. The only sin that sends people to hell is rejection or disbelief in Jesus Christ. John 16, 7 says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Let me just read. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. I'll send the comforter. Verse 8, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. Not sins, sin, singular. And of righteousness and of judgment. Verse 9, of sin because they believe not on me. The only sin that the Holy Ghost convicts the sinner of is their unbelief in Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says in Romans 10, 8, you, you can believe with your heart and you confess that Jesus is Lord. You know, you could go to the altar as a non-believer. I'm not talking about as a Christian. I'm talking about a non-believer. You could go to an altar as an atheist and say, I've committed this sin. I've done this sin. I've done this thing wrong. And I want to tell you that I'm wrong. And that doesn't mean you go to heaven because you never confess Jesus as Lord. Confessing Jesus as Lord makes it that God comes in and takes out the old nature and puts in the new nature. But that opens up brand new possibilities for us because I'm not like this world. There has to come a reality on the inside of you that there are two types of people in this earth. There are Christians and there are humans and they're completely different. There are sinners and they are righteous and they're completely different. There are children of the devil and there are children of God and they're completely different. Your nature is not the nature that this world has. And that's why the Bible says in Romans 12 too, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind because there's a way of thinking. And if you think, even though your nature is different if you think like everyone else thinks. You know, if a if a if a puma or a cougar run with with you know what, what's a uh, run with warthogs and he only thinks he's as fast as them, he's not going to stretch out his legs and go for it. Eagles don't fly with chickens. Eagles fly with eagles, and so th- having an understanding that your nature is different. And that, that what God has put on the inside of you is special and, and his very life is on the inside of you. It changes everything. I want to tell you that as the nature of God, it entitles you to some things. Number one, never 
suffering a defeat. That's why God said in Joshua 1.5, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Defeat should never be in the vocabulary of the child of God because he says he'd go before you and make the crooked places straight. He besets you in behind and before. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want to tell you as a believer, there's no obstacle that you'll ever face that'll be able to overcome you because greater is he that's in you than he that's over the world. The Bible says you overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of your testimony. That means we overcome. That doesn't mean we overcome sometimes. That means we overcome. That means the life of the believer is the overcoming life. You weren't destined to fail. You weren't destined to not accomplish the call of God for your life. You were destined to overcome. You were destined to have breakthrough. You were destined for excellence. You were destined for victory. You were destined to be peculiar because you never suffer a defeat. You were destined to cast out devils. The nature of God on the inside of you makes it that you carry the very life of God in your spirit to set the captives free. You're not like everybody else. You can't look at an unbeliever and say, we're just the same because you're not. You're actually completely different. The rules for the unbeliever are different than the rules for you. The rule for the unbeliever is that they're subject to sin, subject to disease, subject to death, subject to decay. The Bible says in 2 Peter 1, 4, the scripture that we read at the beginning, that by these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Sin is a corruption. Sickness is a corruption. Disease is a corruption. Eyesight failing is a corruption. Uh, Even hair getting gray is a corruption. You've escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. The rules for you are different. You have to purpose in your heart. I'm not going to carry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk the same path as the non-believer. The path of frustration, the path of anxiety, the path of fear, the path of getting old and the eyesight's the first thing to go. I'm going to walk in divine health. I'm going to walk in divine grace. I'm going to walk free from fear. I'm going to walk free from sin. I'm going to overcome sin. I'm going to walk in victory. There has to come a reality of the greater one that lives on the inside of you. If Jesus himself, if the God of the universe lives inside my spirit, there's no way for me to lose. It's impossible for me to die of disease because I got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. And if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies. That reality has to come alive on the inside of you. Salvation opens up the possibilities. It isn't just that you got to stop sinning now. Yes, that's there's instruction to that, but it's that you become superhuman. You can't look at yourself as just one of the people out there, one of the 7.8 billion. There are 7.8 billion people, but not all of them are humans. There's a whole bunch of them that are Christians and the rules are different. I walk by faith. I walk in miracles. I walk in divine health. I walk in the unfair, the unnatural. I walk in the realm of miracles and signs and wonders. My life doesn't make sense to people because I got the nature of almighty God living in my spirit. Demons are terrified of me. Sickness leaves in my presence. I I preach the word and and sickness walks out the door. Fear walks out the door. People come around and hear the word preached. And they say, I don't know what it is, but when you preach, I, 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 my anxiety started to go when I, when you preach, you know, the power of God is released when you start to talk like that. Philemon 1, 6, one of my favorite verses says that the, the communication of your faith may become effectual or effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you. The best thing you can do for yourself is to begin to acknowledge what God has said about you. Proverbs 28, 1 says the wicked flee where no man pursue, 
but the righteous are bold as a lion. I'm acknowledging today that I'm bold as a lion, that no demon of hell can stand in my presence, that it has to go when I commend it to, that the name of Jesus on my lips is is the word of God coming out of Jesus' mouth when he walked this earth. I carry the life of God in my spirit. I'm alive to the word of God. Salvation is a change of nature. You're not like everybody else. Your, your expectation needs to begin to change based on that word. I'm not like everybody else. I'm not carrying the same thing everybody else is carrying. I'm carrying the very life of God in my spirit. I'm carrying the very grace of God in my spirit. I'm carrying the very joy of God in my spirit. I'm carrying the substance of God in my spirit. I'm carrying the life and the grace of God in my spirit. I'm full of the life of God. And when that reality comes in, then, then when you meet circumstances that are contrary, it doesn't, it doesn't shake you because I've got the life of God. I, I, I carry the same authority that Jesus carried on this earth, and I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to go under. I'm an overcomer. Say that with me. Say, I'm an overcomer. You can decide today, whatever it is you're moving forward, move forward radically. There's People wait. I'm just going to take this one step now. In a year, I'll take another step. Move forward radically. Decide to radically agree with the Bible today. I'm full of the power of the Holy Ghost. You know what it means to have the nature of God? It means that you can overcome sin. That sin doesn't get to push you around for the rest of your life where you're in sinning, repenting, sinning, repenting. That nature is gone from you that you're an overcomer, that when you get around sickness and disease, that you lay hands on the sick and they recover. That means you carry the very power of God on the inside of you. I've got God's life. You have to look at yourself as a peculiar person. Well, how come everything seems to go in your favor? Because I, I, I got God on the inside of me. I can't help but have good come my way. I'm full of the life of God. If you could see me behind this microphone, I'm preaching. My hands are waving. Hallelujah. I, you can, I could, I'm ready to preach to thousands right now. I got the life of God in my spirit. God, God, the moment you begin to open your mouth and acknowledge what God has done and who God is to you, that power comes alive inside your spirit. I dare you to acknowledge what God has put on the inside of you. I love you. God bless you. Send this podcast to somebody else. Send, take a screenshot. Send the link. Do whatever. Text it out to people. Whatever. Take a post on your Instagram. Send it out. Let people come alive to the word of God today. Salvation opens up a whole new realm of possibilities. I got the very nature. I'm a partaker of the divine nature. The devil can't touch me. In Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you on the next podcast.